wouldn't pay eleven grand. I don't understand. Let's uh, let's welcome back to the show our old friend. This is Sebastian Maniscalco. How are you, buddy? What's happening? Good to be on. Oh, I'm so famous and rich now. Look at you. Congratulations. <laughs> famous and rich. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I'm coming off a hair transplant here, so that's how famous. <laughs> you, you see, I'm balding, and I do an endorsement for a hair transplant company. Not even transplant; they do so many great scientific things with Doctor Asim. But I've given up. You now are, are at the peak of your success, so you have to continue to look good. Yeah, it was at the you know it was like the tipping point. I had to do it now, or it wasn't even going to look good. So what it what I did is I just gave myself a little bit more density. Yeah, filled it up a that's little. What, that's what I'm looking for at this age. At 45, I just had a baby 15 months ago. I lost hair. Now I got to get it back. So uh, yeah, everything uh, everything's good, man. Uh, I'm 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 a happy man and uh, and a new father. All right, let's talk about that. I have a five year old daughter. This is your first child. First baby, yeah. And uh, and now fifteen months. You, I'm going to be your best friend here and tell you that as frustrating as it is, you have about nine more months before it becomes the best thing in the world. I know you love it and you love your daughter and all that, but once they become a little over two and they can answer you back a little bit and they walk, your life changes. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like right now we're in this stage where there's a lot of babbling. She isn't walking yet. And people are going, oh, oh, she's not walking. You know, they're acting like it's a problem. <laughs> no, did, your, did, did, you, did your baby start walking right away? No, uh, my son went. My son just up and got up and walked around and moonwalked a little bit. He was a he was a, a genius. And then my daughter was like, "I'm still gonna chill out on the floor here for a while." Babies just when they're ready, they'll get up. Yeah, right now she's just uh, you know we we just took her to Italy. We went on a little family vacation, so we went back to the motherland. Uh, my father's from Sicily, so we took uh, we took the family back there. And for the first time, she stood up in Sicily and I don't know if it had something to do with being in the motherland but she uh she she stood up and the look on her face was so shocked and surprised I mean you know as a, as a new father these little these little moments that happen throughout the kid's life you know everybody's just when that happens it's like oh my god she's standing up you know like the the, the, the it's 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 a beautiful thing would it be great if she stood up and be like do I smell pizza? What, what do you guys got going on here? What if for the rest of her life she can only stand in Italy? Oh, I'm sorry. That's bad news. Well, I promise you it it uh, it gets better and better. And once you can take them in the car and and have a little bit of a conversation with them, you're it's entire. It's every new parent, I give them the same thing because it's about, a baby. It's not a bullying listen, campaign. It about gets fifteen months, you want to choke them out a little bit. You're, <laughs> uh, you, you you would never do it, but you can understand when you read news stories about people shaking their baby. You're like, oh, I get it now. I, I totally get it. Uh, this is oh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Now, let me tell you. Can I just give you the quick rundown about how successful you are now, Sebastian? would come to town. Now, the very first time I ever had you on the show was right off of the Vince Vaughn tour. And yeah. uh, I was unfamiliar with you, but everybody said very funny. He was on this Vince Vaughn. I said, okay, well, if he comes in, he's not funny. At least we could talk about the Vince Vaughn thing. Came in. It was a huge hit. Been on the show five or, or six times or so. Now, though, this is when you know you've made it. When my 80-something-year-old grandmother recognizes you mm -hmm. and knows your bits 
and girls from my high school go, oh, you do a lot with comedians. You know Sebastian Maniscalco? That's when you know that you've become super famous. And and you are, to Italians, what Elon Gold is to the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when uh, when I started in this business, my whole goal was to get the 80-year-old demographic. Yeah, it's working. You're there. I'm telling you, once you get them, you're in. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear that, man. I mean, uh, it, it, it seems to be multi-generational. The, the comedy has kind of hit, like, the 80-year-olds as well as, like, the 18-year-olds. So I'm just talking about family and how I grew up. And I think that in this day and age, people are uh, kind of yearning for a little bit of uh, that uh, shared experience when it comes to comedy. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been really good. And, uh, and uh, it's been 20 years. It's been a long, long run. Uh, you know, I was, uh, but let me let me ask you, you you uh, Chicago guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, guy. So Boy. now I'm a New York guy, and not that there's that much of a difference, but the certainly the neighborhood and the Italian thing. Because I know you're funny. I you've been funny on the show before, but when I and I've watched a couple of your your viral bits on Facebook, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, that's funny. But when I saw the bit about the doorbell ring, that's the one I think that got everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because that was so, that's not even Italian, that's just like from our age group. You know what I mean? Like when the doorbell rang, before, now you could doorbell ring, you could watch it from your phone and, and answer it. But back then, and you nailed that right on the head, and I think that stuff really reaches home with people. Well, uh, thanks. I think you're right. That that bit seemed to really resonate with a lot of people just because, uh, like you said, when the doorbell rang back in the 80s, you know, it was kind of like a happy moment. And, and, and now when the doorbell rings, it's like, you know, we might get murdered. So it, <laughs> it, it was a little bit more of a friendlier. I don't know. I don't know. How we grew up seemed to be a little bit more of a simpler time. I'm not saying that uh, now it's so complex, but I think uh, the, the comparisons in my comedy from kind of how we grew up to things today, uh, people seem to really kind of relate to and that doorbell bit really kind of hit on hit online. Were you always as uh, expressive with your with your speech patterns and stuff? Because you're really the cadence in which you deliver jokes is infectious. You, I want to start talking like you after you do it. <laughs> no, that kind of happened over time. You know, when you do comedy and you start start out, your your whole goal is to kind of be yourself on stage. And when I first started out, I was nowhere near who I was. Uh, you know, in kind of real life. But as you get comfortable and you start doing it uh, over and over and over again, you start to become a little bit more um, uh, comfortable with yourself. And, and I started to be a lot more animated. And I noticed the crowd was really gravitating towards me, kind of not only telling the story, but acting it out and the facial expressions and, and all that kind of played into it. So that, that didn't start out right away. I think it took about 10 years to kind of peel the onion there. And, and then uh, I started to develop that. So, it's great. Uh, it's great. It's funny. Great. It's it, it it's kind of like after you watch somebody Australian for a while and you walk around going hello hello <laughs> like when I t watch you and I when I go why can't you do that? you start doing it. Uh, this is Sebastian Maniscalco. Now the reason why we're talking to him is his Stay Hungry tour is coming here for two shows, which is this is good and bad for us. Okay, you got uh, two shows on December twenty eighth at the Strauss Center. Tickets are available at SebastianLive.com. We're off the air for vacation for Christmas during that time. However. That frees us up to go to the show. So right. it works out uh, good and bad. How hard is that? I don't mean how hard like you can't do it, but what a pain in the ass to have to do two shows like within two hours of each other. Like, don't you, don't you feel like I just did this already? 
yeah, you know, those those uh, those two and nights, listen, I ain't breaking concrete, guys. <laughs> you know? So uh, so there could be other things uh, that, are, that are worse. But, I mean, uh, for me to do two shows in one night is actually fun for me because I then get to play around a lot more with uh, my material. And if something didn't work the first night, I could kind of correct it right away rather than wait till the next next night so for me it's uh it's it's uh i don't mind it i mean uh it's 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 fun I'm, i love doing stand-up it's something that uh you know i always dreamed of doing so for for me to do two shows in one night is uh is my dream come true now the last time you were in the studio which was probably about two years ago maybe um you were you were like i got a pilot with nbc and every other comedian was like every other comedian went yeah Sebastian's got a pilot with NBC. Like, everybody's happy yet jealous at the same time. And then that falls through, right? The rumor is that goes through, and that now that's, that's I'm sure, devastating for you at the time, but probably doesn't matter now, does it? Well, you know, sometimes uh, in in the business, a uh, door closes, another one opens, and uh, yeah, we did the thing with Tony Danza, didn't go through, but uh, you know, I, I had a little uh, acting experience there, and, and I get a little wet my beak with uh, working with with some some really good actors, and then uh, out of that comes uh, a part in this movie, The Irishman, that's coming out with. There's a couple days. of good actors in this oh. Irishman movie too. Heard, you might yeah. have heard of, yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, and, and and that opportunity kind of presented itself, and uh, so sometimes in life, as you well know, um, you know, a door closes, another one opens, and it's it all happens for a reason, and and the fact that it, the TV show didn't go, yeah, I was disappointed, but um, you know, it, it, it's okay, and uh, and uh, and and like I said, these other acting roles are, are kind of popping up in these other movies, which uh, I'm kind of having fun with. I like doing drama uh, when. It comes to to acting because uh, comedy is you know it, it gives me a good departure from doing uh, comedy. I, I'm I'm a serious guy really. I, I'm not like the life of the party by right. any means. I'm not the guy like a lot of people think. Oh, <laughs> invite the comedian. I, I I'm like uh, in the corner at a party. I, I don't talk. I don't I don't really. Uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not that comedian where I'm always have to be on. I'm I'm a little bit more shy and reserved i guess you're the guy in the corner where we go you think he's got hair replacement <laughs> <laughs> looks like he thickened it up a little bit uh let me just really touch on this real quick the irishman is directed by martin scorsese mm -hmm. it stars a couple of guys you may have heard of robert de niro al pacino and joe pesci right this was do you remember years ago this so there, this was delayed right wasn't there something this was supposed to happen because that I had talked to my agent. There was they were looking for because Scorsese always wants non actors to play a lot of his Italian roles, and they were looking for somebody mm -hmm. to play De Niro's driver slash bodyguard in this movie. What do you what did you end up doing in the movie? I play a uh, crazy Joe Gallo, who is. Um this is based on a true story, and, and you're right. This movie took a while to get off the ground. I guess uh, Netflix ended up uh, acquiring it, uh, and, and what they're doing is they're de-aging the actors. So they're taking Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and de-aging them to 40 years old. So it's going to take a while for it to come out. I think it's 2019. Wow. So yeah, it took a while for it to get going. But um, I mean, the process to get the role. When I first went in, I, I didn't end up getting the role I went out for. He he gave me another role, and the first First day on the set, I'm thrown in with De Niro and Pesci, and you know. I, <laughs> now, real quick, what's that like? Now, I know you know Vince Vaughn. You've been around actors before, but you walk in and you got De Niro and Pesci there. You're an Italian guy. I mean, I would pretty much assume that when I die and go to heaven, 
it's going to be very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, for me, I mean, come on, I, I grew up watching these guys. Yeah. The next thing you know, uh, the, the first day, Scorsese's uh, introducing me to these two guys, and I'm like, I can't believe, I'm like, I was sweating. I had that, like, sweat, internal sweat. <laughs> but you want to play cool. You want to be a cool guy. You don't want to start, you know, being an ass kisser to everybody, but you really want to inside. Yeah, you know, I wasn't going to be that guy where, where they yelled cut and then I was going to start talking to De Niro during because like, <laughs> I don't know what's going through this guy's head. Uh, all I need for him to go is like, get, get, get rid of this guy. You know? Yeah. So I was, I was quiet. I didn't say nothing. You know, I just, I spoke when spoken to. I wasn't that guy that was going to like, uh, there was moments where me and De Niro were just, just hanging out together, uh, waiting for the, the, the scene to start. We, we, we didn't say nothing. And I wasn't going to break that silence and forget yeah. it. What about so, what about um, Pesci? I would expect Pesci would have been great if he busted your balls. I mean, how'd you make jokes about Italians? No, that would have been great. <laughs> well, Pesci was very uh, you know very talkative. He was more uh, personable. He actually invited me uh, after after the scene into his trailer, and and we spoke for about thirty minutes about acting. And, and you know he he just uh, he gave me some great advice, and he was he was uh, very personable. But I mean to be on that set with those with those actors and. Uh, and, and Scorsese and and it did was you really actually like, is this really happening? Did you actually audition for Scorsese? No, what I, what I did is I went to New York City. Uh, they gave me two options: it's either go to New York City to audition in front of the casting director, or send a tape in from Los Angeles. I said, forget it, I'm going in. I'm flying into New York, so oh, I fly yeah. all the way there. I go into the audition, and she, the first thing she tells me is, you, "This is looking really good for you. Wow. That's all you have to tell. That's all you have to tell me." And then I, I fall apart because if you tell me anything positive, I go negative. You know. <laughs> So, so I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to get it in, in my head. And uh, I had some problems in the audition in my in my eyes. And when I got the feedback, he's like, oh, he's good, but he wasn't consistent. If he wants to do it again on tape, we'll be happy to see it. So I went in. I did it on tape. I sent it. She showed that to Scorsese. He's like, I like him, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him uh, another part. And uh, I can't wait till it comes out. I mean, it, this this is uh, it was it was great. I, I did like four, three or four scenes, and uh, it was it was really well, fun. Well, I'm looking forward to the movie and certainly seeing you in the movie. This is Sebastian Maniscalco, a uh, very funny guy, and uh, he is going to be here December 28th. Two shows, seven o'clock and nine thirty. At the Strata Center, you can get your tickets at SebastianLive.com. I promise you, as it gets closer, it will sell out. So uh, get your tickets now before you're busting my balls trying to get them sometime in December because I'm not giving them to you. Uh, it, I'm very happy for your success. There's, I'm almost happy that we can't get you in the studio. You are, you have now joined the ranks of Kevin Hart and others who <laughs> no longer will come back to us, but still at least call us every once that. in a while. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm happy very too. happy for you and. Uh, We'll hope to see you in uh, in December when the show comes. Thanks, guys, and thanks for, for having me on. Have All right, nice I'll take it easy. There you go, Sebastian Maniscalco. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Last year, I was I was mad at him because he didn't come on the show. Mm-hmm. He would have done a phoner, but we didn't. I hate doing phoners, right? But I like him a lot, and he's got two shows coming here, so that's why I did it this time. Also, we've talked since then. So, uh, but after the this movie comes out. I don't blame him if he doesn't talk to us anymore. No, yeah. Once you've been in a movie with Pacino, De Niro, and and Pesci and Scorsese directed, you you could pick and choose. This is the movie, remember, because Jim Norton's in there as well. He plays Rickles. Yes. Don Rickles in the movie. Yeah, so he's in there as well. This was the movie that uh, that the the agent said, 
I got a movie that you can audition for. And I said, okay. And they were like, it's a Scorsese, De Niro. I was like, yeah, stop it. I'm like going on. Harvey yeah. Keitel's in there. Yeah. Ray Romano's in there. Come yeah. on. This is big areas. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this movie's got all of you guys and this jerk from the radio, <laughs> this balding fat guy. <laughs> You're uh, a star, Michael. Thank you, Spanish. You, you lift me up when, right. I, when I bring myself oh, down. You're, You're the best. best. Uh, on the phone with us right now is one of the other stars of that movie. How are you, sir? Who, me? Oh, it's tongueless Brett. Oh. I'm sorry. I get all confused sometimes. What's up, buddy? He is up today. Yeah, he's in, in, in a movie. Sounds like he's somewhere, like at a diner or something. Where are you? You're at a diner? Um, hell. You're in heaven? Hell. 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 He's in hell. Yeah. Oh, who's that? That's, uh... <laughs> Brad. Let me talk to that guy. Let me talk. Brad. Take it. Brad, let me speak to you off speaker. Hello, me? Well, yeah. Are you Brad? Hello, Mike. Yes, please don't curse. You're live on uh, Amplified Radio on the free, uh, frequent modulation. Oh, <laughs> yep. There you go. Got it. How you, what is your name, uh, sir? Brad? Uh, I'm not the one cussing. Okay. What is your name? Brad, you say? Um, his name's Brad. No, I know his name. What is your name? My name is Mike. His name is Brett, by the way, not Brad. I know it's hard to understand him, but I speak yeah, after Brett. Him. Yeah. Now, where are you, Mike, right now that you're in the company of Tongueless Brett? We're in a nursing home. Okay. And now are you uh, a patient there? Yeah. Now, why are you there? You sound very uh, young and capable. Yeah, I broke my hip. Oh, man. Mm. So you broke your hip. How'd you do that? I broke my hip and ruptured my femur and tore my foot up. Now, how did you do that? Uh, this, believe it or not, I was walking out to a gurney to get on to come out here. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. No. Yeah, when you say believe it or not, you have I don't a choice. Yeah. We choose not. To yeah, you're it. doing something shady. Uh-huh. Walking out, coming out here. I was coming out here because I got some sores on me. Oh, how'd you get those? They're trying to heal. Peeing in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I fell. Oh, okay. And uh, tell him to I zip it. Walk to the gurney <laughs> and fell and broke my hip, man. Mm. On the way out to the gurney. Now, how old of a man are you that your bones are so fragile? <laughs> yeah, I'm 55. Yeah, you've been trying to drink some milk or something, vitamin D, red red cap. So now, uh, do you know uh, Tongueless Brett, or did you meet him in the Nursing home. Yeah, I met him here. So now do you know his story? Do you know how he got half a tongue? Oh, I don't know, man. I do know. I can tell you. I'm trying to educate you. He was in a, involved in a car accident years ago. He was hit from behind, and he bit half his tongue off, and he has since been known as Tongueless Brett. Oh, you're Tongueless Brett? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, now you know. very famous. Tongueless Brett. Had you heard of him before? No. Yeah. Well, now you got a guy. Now you know. Uh, now, are you, when they reeled him in, were you like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, not this"? Yeah, they wheeled me to the hospital. I was supposed to come here for the sores, you know. Yeah, I stop saying that. You gross me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they were really oozing. Yeah. Oh God! Wheeled uh-huh. me out to the hospital, and I found out my hip was broke, and I ruptured my femur and tore my foot up. And the sores. Don't forget oh, the sores. Yeah. Juicy. And uh, then the sores, yeah. 
that's what I was originally focused Now you're on. in the room with Tongueless Brett? Oh, yeah. Okay, so let me, how long you been in with him? Because if I can give you a little heads up at night, he likes to do a little gay stuff. Oh, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I'm just telling you, keep one eye open. He's been known to, he's been known to touch around a little bit. Oh. Yeah, keep an eye open if you know what I'm saying there. Here you get tongueless bread yeah. murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At night, if you hear, uh, just pounce on him. <laughs> we got we got curtains between us. You got oh, who? Well, curtains will oh, keep curtains. safe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I wish the best for your hip, I sir. One on each side, making their change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good luck to the two of you. Hope you enjoy your new life together. No, it ain't like that, bro. I got a little lady. You, oh, where is she at? She, she's down, uh, she's at work. Ask Tongueless she, Brett what his girlfriend's out, name uh, is. She rents out, uh... Her privates? Uh, <laughs> oh, what do you call them? Kayaks. Mm. Your old lady rents out kayaks. And she's, uh, she's 30. She's 30? 30 and you're 55 covered in sores. Good in job. A nursing home. Yeah. But she's hot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where is she doing that? On the Gandhi? Did you say her IQ is 30? No, she's 30. Oh, her oh, age is oh. 30. Okay. And now where where does she do this? What body of water or is she renting kayaks on? Oh, I can't say all that. Why not? You'd be giving her, you're turning out a business for her. People will be driving by and be like, I heard your old man's yeah. knocked up with a hip and some sores. Let's bang out one of these kayaks. Getting in trouble, huh? Yeah. All right, well, listen. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mucus Mike. I hope you and Tongueless Brett get along very well, and I hope your sores heal up. Yeah, I'll be here now. Don't say that word. Hey, do me a favor. Turn to Tongueless Brett real quick and go, hey, this this guy on the phone wants you to sing some Beatles songs for him. Sing yeah. us some Beatles songs. Would you promise to be true? Good luck with that, buddy. There you go. (laughs) If I was in the uh, hospital and Tongueless Brett had a broken hip and sores and Tongueless Brett was in the bed next to me, rig up my morphine. It's time to go. It's time to go. Well, you do have curtains. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to get past that. I would not mind an opiate addiction after that, that hospital stay. I got to take a break, and we got to wrap up the show because I'm going kayaking today. <laughs> <laughs> so 